Are you tired of the magazine yet? <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny joke. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your amigos at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very much. This has been, it's been about six weeks since we've done one of these, right? Yeah, I think we did one uh, right before I went to Canada. I think so. And that was about five weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so it's been a minute, but we've got plenty of stuff to talk about. We appreciate your patience. We were going to do this yesterday. Yeah, but I had travel issues. Yeah, you got stuck in Philadelphia. Yeah, so I was supposed to have a flight out of Philadelphia at ten for my day job, uh, 10.45. And uh, we get on the plane, and it's 11.20, and we still haven't left. And they're like, oh, the plane is out of service. Mm-hmm. Which is good because, yes, it's an inconvenience, but dying is more inconvenient. Absolutely. So... Uh, we just hung out in the airport, me and my coworkers, and uh, ate at. Uh, I found a local Philly place that was awesome uh, in the airport, uh, Chicky Chicky and Pete's. Hmm. They serve these fresh French fr- crinkle cut French fries. Ooh, I'm into crinkle cut. Crinkle cut, I think, is underrated. Seasoned, basically seasoned with Old Bay. Mm. It wasn't. It was their own proprietary blend, and then like they had like a cheese sauce dip. You can dip the fries in the cheese. Mm. It was outstanding. So, didn't end up leaving Philly until three. Which means didn't land at DFW until almost six, and by the time I got my bags, I mean, it was like after seven, by, so it was just too late. So, mm-hmm. just decided to uh, come in today on a Friday afternoon in May and record Tap and Step because what else is there going on except seven on seven and a magazine to put out? Yeah, and a magazine. For those who don't know, we're recording this on Friday, May seventeenth. We are fourteen days from going to press in the two thousand nineteen summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. It is a lot of work. I have not slept much. I am more coffee than man, but it's all worth it because you will see this magazine and you hopefully will not hate it. So this is your May off-season edition of Tap and Step. Again, thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. I hope you will tell your friends to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Is this going to be the freebie? Uh, no. No? I'm going to okay. tease it. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll clip part of this and I'll put it in the, in the main feed. Oh, okay, like That's a preview. What, okay. yeah. I thought you were going to make one free for the... For the for for the for no, the unwashed masses, absolutely not. No, I want I want our our insiders, our subscribers, to feel special and valued. I'm just not going to give this great content. Away. Here's here's my request for all of the uh, premium podcast insi- pre- insiders who listen to this podcast. It's magazine season and magazine season 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 S Z E N, and go tell one tell one friend. About Dave Campbell's that, yeah. that you know that reads Texas football and say, hey, you know, you, know, you want to get your Dave Campbell's magazine a week before it hits the newsstands? Tell them about it. Tell and, them to subscribe to DCT. And you get this great podcast. Yeah. And you get the winter edition and you get Jerry's, all the rankings we do yeah. and all the other fun stuff. It's really good. I really think you should do it. But if, the ma- biggest thing, it's magazine season. Tell, just find one friend and tell them to subscribe. Tell them to subscribe. If you do that, then my boss will be happy. Yes. And we'll get to keep our jobs. Yes. That would be great. Because you don't want us to lose our jobs. No. So we've got a lot to talk about. We are going to talk about coaching, kind of the final throws of coaching change season, including some breaking news today. Um, We'll get into that. We will also get into 7-on-7 talk, because 7-on-7 season is upon us. And then finally, I've, I've got a list of, how many did I come up with? 
I, I came up with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven polarizing teams that I want to get your take on, okay. and we can debate uh, going forward in 2018. Polarizing teams. 19, like rather. It. So we will get into that. But first, Matthew, we must start, as we always do, with our Texas High School Football Fun Fact of the Week. Your Texas High School Football Fun Fact of the Week. And I don't know if you know this one. Which Texas High School Football program has had the most consecutive winning seasons. Most consecutive winning seasons. I will tell you, it is an active streak. Okay. So, which Texas high school football program has had the most consecutive winning seasons? Highland Park. It's an excellent guess. Highland Park, their active streak is at 31, which places them 11 behind the leaders. Okay, 42. So their last losing season was in 1987. This team hasn't had a losing season since 1976. Would you like one more guess? Mm, I'm going to go with... Judson? Ding, 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 ding. Converse Judson has had 42 consecutive winning seasons. They've not had a winning season, a losing season since 1976. Wow. Second on that list is Refurio. They're one behind them, 41. Uh, Plano, their run from 1960 to 1995 was uh, is 36 uh, seasons long. That is third. Cal Allen's active streak of 35 consecutive is fourth. And rounding up the top five is a five-way tie. Pilot Point, 77-09. Westlake's active streak. Salina's active streak. Odessa Permian from 65 to 96. And Brownwood from 58 to 89 are all tied at 32. But uh, Judson, lap in the field aside from Refurio. Yeah. Judson, Refurio, and everybody else in that list. So there you go. Region 4, stand up. Region 4, standing up. So there is your Texas High School Football Fun Fact of the Week. Converse Judson, more consecutive winning seasons than any other Texas high school football program ever. No pressure. No, new yeah. coaching staff. Yeah. All right, Coach Williams, get it done. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about um, Texas high school football coaching changes. You could, uh, we are we're finally we're finally about done. Uh, you would think. You would think there's still you know I'm, I was looking through it because I was just updating the because co- on the show today broke that Lance Angel got the um, the job at Palestine, the uh, former Brian AD. There's still a few jobs. Abilene High is still open. Abilene High is a huge job that's still open. Do you have any? In, like I know now, Abilene ISD, especially with the flagship program, they're gonna do their due diligence. They're not just gonna willy nilly go out and hire some guy. I'll, I'll be very surprised. I think the DC Mike Fullen, who's serving as the interim, mm-hmm. is probably the guy. Um, I would be very surprised if he didn't get it. Yeah, I, I just I think all signs are pointing to him. I almost think the committee they put together and everything else is just kind of a, for for looks. I mean, they're going through spring ball. Fullen's doing. He's. I'll be surprised if it's not Fullen. So, uh, Medina Valley's open Med- still. Medina Valley um, is still open at the Borger moment. hasn't hired. Borger no. hasn't hired yet. I actually reached out to the AD today about Borger, um, to try to get an update on Borger. Um, I wonder if they're having some trouble finding a guy. And then obviously, Seminole opened up today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kent Jackson's retirement, uh, a well-timed retirement. I, I think that was strategic um, in order to kind of. You, he, he in his hopes that one of his one of his inside guys gets promoted to the uh, so an, another coach. big job that's open or at least a, a traditionally strong job. Goldthwaite's open. Yes. Uh, Greg Prophet stepped down to take over and take the job at Wellington. Yes, Wellington of course uh, came open when when Wade Williams 
uh, resigned. I got an odd tweet about Goldthwait the other day. Did you? That said they 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 don't they only have one coach in the program right now. That it's it's a mess. What right now? That that it has been a mass exodus. Wow. So that, that's a little concerning. So Wade Williams uh, resigns at Wellington retires. after retires rather yeah. at at, at uh, after. 122 and 22, a tremendous uh, opportunity, tre- tre- tremendous career there at Wellington with the Skyrockets, led them to that state championship in 2013. So Greg Prophet uh, leaves Goldthwaite to go to um, to go to to Wellington, and now, I mean that's that's a, one of those jobs that like if you were maybe it's just 10 years ago, but if you were to ask Texas high school football coaches about like some of the most prestigious. Jobs oh yeah, Goldthwaite is one of those names. Yeah, it's 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 in a unique location, right? In the, basically, in the middle of the state, too. Mm-hmm. It's smack dab. Um, it's good football, and they they traditionally played good football, but they they've struggled the past couple of years. And so, I, I just you just wonder. Is, is, you know, I, I'm not familiar with what's going on in in the town. If the town is kind of mm-hmm. drying up, and the kids are just not there anymore, it's it's because they've struggled the past couple of years for sure. Yeah. Um, other other moves uh, that have come down. Uh, since uh, we last spoke with you, um, Baytown Goose Creek Memorial. This this jo- this is an interesting uh, position, I think. So, um, because of all the changes that are going on at another school, so Baytown. Oh, Goose you Creek- know, another job is still open. Hmm. Katie Cinco Ranch. That's what I was getting to. Okay. So Katie Cinco Ranch is open because Don Clayton retired after a lengthy career, a Hall of Honor career. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking honestly that they were going to promote from within. Mm-hmm. And I thought that Shannon Carter, their defensive coordinator, seemed like it checked a lot of boxes. It's not broken. At, at, it's you know like there's a lot of really good positives going on at Katie Cinco Ranch. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. And so, but then he leaves on May sixth. This is after Don Clayton has announced his retirement, mm-hmm. and he goes and takes a job at Baytown Goose Creek Memorial after uh, Bren Jones leaves to go to the to the staff of Smith and Valley. Yeah, that I remember when that came up. I was like, huh. Was he just never like? I just he wasn't a finalist. The four yeah. finalists for the Cinco Ranch job. I put this in um, in this week in Texas high school football a couple weeks ago. There were two candidates internal to KDISD, mm-hmm. um, two coordinators at other KDISD schools, not named Cinco Ranch. The other finalists were um, a current Houston area head coach at the six A level, and a current head coach in South Texas at the three A level. Three A. Yeah, those are the four finalists. Um, I think the assistant from Katie ISD, who is a defensive assistant, so I'm narrowing it down a little bit, yeah. uh, is probably going to be the guy that gets the job. But it hasn't been named officially yet. So um, I was a little surprised that that because I think Clayton was really hoping that um, one of his guys would get it. But I remember texting him a couple of days after after he had announced his retirement, and he didn't. He didn't. I didn't really get a good vibe that he felt good about one of his guys getting the job, hmm. which makes sense now because Carter. Uh, taking the Goose Creek uh, job, he probably read the writing on the wall as well. Um, we can finally close the full, well, almost full, uh, close the whole book on uh, the entire McGregor saga. So McGregor, you mm-hmm. remember, mm-hmm. they end up hiring Mike Shields. We mentioned that the yes. last time, which mm-hmm. again, as you, I know you mentioned on the last podcast, for all the terrible things that went on with McGregor, to land a guy like Mike Shields is pretty good. Yeah, pretty solid. I would, I would say you, you've done good a lot hire. So they go, and so then Terrell comes open. And Terrell's a decent job out there east of Dallas. Um, nice facility. Good great, facilities. Great facilities, Absolutely. Yeah. They go, and they hire Garland Naaman Forbes head coach Marvin Sedbury Jr. Mm-hmm. taking over there mm-hmm. at Terrell, uh, which now opens up Naaman Forrest. Um, he was – what Sedbury did at Naaman. Naaman, if you were unfamiliar, Naaman was one of – it was – 
They were the worst program in Garland. They ISD, were the worst program sure. in Garland ISD. I mean, it was kind of between them and you remember when Lakeview was really, really down. Uh, th- those were kind of the two. North Garland has struggled at times as well, but like he he took Name and Forest to become a perennial yeah, playoff team. Well, eight and three two years ago. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was one that really uh, caught he, my eye. He's fighting some interesting battles in Terrell because like. Two of his best players are transferred to Skyline. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not they're going to be eligible, it's a whole another ball game. But they're not at Terrell, no. and that doesn't help Sedbury in his new job. So um, he's fighting some inter- interesting battles, and I'm interested to see what direction Naaman Forrest goes in. Yeah, um, cause that's that's really the last big. Uh, job in the Metroplex that's still open. Um, Cromo's a new coach, Robbie Clark, kind of you know, continuing to close the loop here. Mm-hmm. Um, that we, we mentioned that uh, Palestine has hired a new guy. That's because Robbie Clark left Palestine to go take Crum. over Crum mm-hmm. after Alan O took a job on the Coppell staff, which mm-hmm. is his alma mater. Uh, he's coming home home for that. Uh, so that is. Um, really, I think, knock on wood here, I think the Abilene hires our last. Big yeah. Abilene and Cinco Ranch are the last two. There's a couple of other five A jobs that are open, but I wouldn't call Austin Lanier or I need to change their name. But I, I mean Lanier and, and Conroe Caney Creek are not uh, big name jobs that that are, yeah. people are waiting for. Tatum has their third coach in three years um, after uh, Darren Highlander resigned mm-hmm. after one season. Mm-hmm. But they go and again, I think line on your feet. All things considered, Jason Holman, the yeah. defense coordinator, Lufkin, that's got a, some skins on the wall as a coordinator. It's a pretty solid hire for yeah. a, for a program that right now feels like it's floundering. And you know, before he was at Lufkin, he was he was a DC at Chapel Hill when Chapel mm-hmm. Hill was rolling, winning yeah. winning the state title and making deep playoff runs. So it's got some skins on the wall. Tatum. You know, great again. Another place, a place in East Texas with unbelievable facilities, good tradition, good athletes. It's a good place if you can get it turned in the right direction. Uh, Rio Viz has a new coach in Casey Black, the former Sitton yeah. offensive coordinator. Went to school with his cousin at Everman. Did you really? Small world. I did. Yeah, oh his cousin. Gosh. His cousin Kendra went to school with her. Um, I was a little surprised. Another school that's on their third coach in three years is Chico. Um, yeah, it was another fun situation with Clayton Sanders and some of that yeah. that that wildness. Yeah, they uh, who'd they bring in? Uh, Randy Miller, yeah, from Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cooper. Uh, so you know, I, I think Chico is just a place that needs some stability. Yeah, you know, places like that that you know, Rio Vista kind of had that same issue before. Uh, when, you know, when um, the coach had just left, um, he was there for four years and actually got a little stability in, mm-hmm. in place. And that 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 will probably benefit Casey Black now. Because you just don't want that revolving door, and I, I think that's you know Chico's turning into a place with a major revolving door. You know, and Sonora to a lesser extent's kind of had been been a bit of a revolving door, um, as they also made a hire mm-hmm. as they hired the uh, the head coach from Rawls, mm-hmm. um, which was another I think a really savvy savvy hire. That, that yeah. I mean he'd helped uh, he'd helped turn. I mean Rawls was a bad program. Yeah, I mean Kev, well, Kevin Sherrill did at uh, at Rawls. They I were mean, nine and two last year. They were so. they were nine and two, and you know that's after going I think three and seven the year before. I mean this was a guy who helped turn Rawls, which has never really been a power. No, he he turned them into. I mean to win nine games there is really impressive. And we, I think we talked. Did we talk about Ty, uh, Ty Warren on the last podcast? Uh, we had hinted. Ago? We had hinted about that he was in the mix. Well, guess what, guys? He's the coach. They hired him. Yeah. So. Uh, Guys, never. I mean, hey, look, I, I wish Coach Warren the best. Let's have him on the show. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting because here's a guy who apparently now I, I don't know what he's been doing since he retired from the NFL, but I don't know if he's been coaching. Has he been? Uh, not that I'm. No, this he's never been coached. He's never been coached in like. I mean, he may have coached like in camps or something, but never coached like man in a season. We got yeah, Ty Warren and Aaron Wallace. 
Man. head coaches in the state of Texas, former former Aggie defensive defensive greats. We've got wrecking crew. Yeah, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of former and a lot of former college stars. Uh, kind of uh, now. Yeah, and Matt Schobel at Columbus got hired. That's a great hire. I was really happy yeah, to see that. Yeah, Matt Schobel, a former uh, TCU great and, mm-hmm. and Bengal and Philadelphia Eagle tight end, now mm-hmm. the head coach at Columbus. So now we have, by my count, on TexasFootball.com slash coaching hyphen changes, we have twenty four. Open jobs. Abilene, as we mentioned, Katie Cinco Ranch, we, we mentioned, is going to come close. We talked about naming for us. The artist formerly known as Austin Lanier, which I believe is now Austin Navarro. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know, I know Lanier and one. Is it Reagan? I think changed their names. Yeah, Re- Reagan changed to uh, Northeast. I think, okay. or I might have those flipped. I, one of them. One of them is Northeast, and one of them is. Uh, Navarro. We'll get it together. Yes. So Lanier is open. Conroe Caney Creek is open um, after um, Steve Svensson leaves after four seasons to go back to South Dakota. Yeah. Uh, so Conroe Caney Enjoy Creek. Enjoy the is weather, open. Coach Svensson. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. Um, uh, Medina Valley is, is still open, which I think is an interesting job after Chris Souza uh, heads back to Beeville. Um, this is going to be very interesting to see who Medina Valley ends up hiring. Uh, now dipping down to uh, to four, we Seminole just came open today here on May seventeenth. A uh, Borger is still open uh, after uh, Brian Coker left to become the defensive coordinator at Monahan's. Um, Houston Cashmere is open after Gary Dunham retires after being there seemingly forever. Yeah, Gary Dunham was, Dunham was a was a. An institution at Kashmir. He was. He was. A, he retires after a 37-year career, uh, and went uh, it went 78 and 88 at Kashmir. And I know that doesn't sound amazing, but go look around at some of the other Houston ISD mm-hmm. programs you and tell me job. how they're doing in the last 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Dunham did a terrific job. So Kashmir is still open. Uh, Bowie, Bowie, rather the Jackrabbits are are looking for a coach there as um, as Dylan Stark took a job on the staff at Windthorst. Keep an eye on that job. I think there might be a, a guy from a fairly prominent West Texas school who's in the mix on the Bowie job. I'll tell you about that off the air. I like that. Uh, Mount Vernon's open because Josh Finney took the job at his alma mater. Didn't know, I didn't even know Winsboro was open, but apparently uh, they uh, Coach Steve Pennell moved into AD only. Uh, Finney, a uh, Winsboro alum, played for Coach Fennell. Mm-hmm. Or a penal, excuse me, uh, made sense. That's a really good get. He, he did, did a great, great job. Great job. At Mount Nineteen Vernon. and five in two years at Mount Vernon. That's amazing what he was yeah. able to do. That's still open. Anthony is still open. That's a tough gig. Yeah, Anthony's offered. Oof. They offered a defensive coordinator from the Permian Basin, um, and last check, he was asking his wife if she wanted to move to Anthony. No joke. Ooh boy. <laughs> so, boy. Yeah. Um, we'll see. They are. And that's a tough. That's a. Uh, that's a tough gig. They um they they had a win, they went one in ten last year, um, made the playoffs made the play, well I think they were in a fourteen <laughs> district and then um but seven four they had a winning season a couple of years before that but that is uh Anthony's a tough Anthony's a tough part of the state yeah real tough part it of just the state. travels there's oh, no yeah. teams in, the, in there's no teams in their district that are near them every tr- every game in district is four or five hours Anthony's away with uh Anthony's district bunkmate uh, Crane is also looking for a job as Steve Rodman yeah two years that was a little that that, that seemed like an odd fit from the from the beginning when you left Spearman to go there it just seemed like an odd fit. I just mm-hmm. I, for some reason it just didn't didn't, didn't seem like it was a great fit. And he leaves, but that was, side. that was team that was eight and four last year. Um, uh, Zane Bodie has left Florence after four years to take a job at the staff of Marbles Falls. So yep. Florence, the Buffs are looking for a coach. Monte Alto, if you want to go south, that's another revolving door. That is, uh, they'll be on five head coaches in five, five years. Five coaches in five years yeah. for the Blue Devils. That is, you want to talk about like you want to talk about the 
the one thing that you've got to have in the Texas high school football program, look at the best Texas high school football programs, right? The ones that are consistent winners. Tell me how many of them have a revolving door at the coaching position. None. None. Yeah. None. Okay. Uh, what's what, what's best overall the best program in the state? Katie. Katie's had the same coach for nineteen for twenty years. And right before that, I mean, you know, yes. Gary Joseph replaced. You know, this is they've had the same system in place for a long time. Right. Uh, Allen has is on their second coach in how many years? Alito has basically their second coach in twenty years. Alito's basically the same system in place since nineteen ninety eight. Right. Exactly. Um, you've got to have that consistency. North Shore had David Amon forever, and you know, and John Kay takes over, and again, same system. You've got to have that kind of consistency, which is what brings up. And, and let me run this out, and I want to cycle back to one other job. Uh, Como Picton is still open uh, as uh, Charles Swan had uh, had spent uh, 20 years as a head coach at Emory Range Equipment, Bogota Rivercrest, Mount Vernon, and then at, at Como Picton. So the Eagles are looking for a coach. We mentioned Goldthwaite. Harper is still open uh, after uh, Dusty Gibbs steps down after four years. I. T- Haska, if you want to be the head coach of the Wampus Cats, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can uh, you can step you can take step right up. Clinton Wallace, another revolving um, door. Clinton Wallace was the head football coach and basketball coach. Now he's just going to be a head basketball coach. So the Wampus Cats are looking for a coach. Marlin looking for a coach. Uh, that's a tough gig too. Yeah, the district the district's in all kinds of issues yeah. with state, and I mean, we don't know if Marlin ISD is going to be existing in two to three years. Stephen Hodge just stepped down after two seasons. He's uh, Hodge got a job on staff at Katie. He's the secondary coach at Katie High now. Boy, talk about landing on land feet. feet. Yeah. Uh, Sabinall is looking for a coach. Jason Keller stepped down after eight years of Sabinall. Um, they went 0-10 last year. He did have a 10-win team back in 2013. Booker, the Kiowas. Remember when they were setting all sorts of records? Yeah, Hunter Lyle, right? Yeah, Hunter yeah. Lyle. They've struggled since he's graduated. They, their numbers are really yeah. – I mean, they, they, they probably should just drop six. They're, they're, there's a little pride there. I think they should probably just drop six-man, personally. Uh, Shane Reagan has stepped down there. Burkeville is is looking it's for another program that probably should, bad uh, numbers probably yes, should go six-man as well. They are uh, they're looking for a new coach as Kenneth Thomas steps down after six years. We mentioned Rawls is open with Kevin Sherrill, and that is it. Those are the open ones. So then I want to cycle back to one. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Converse Jets. Okay. Because there is... I want to be clear that Sean McAuliffe leaving to go to Cy Ranch, Cy Ranch is a really good gig. Cy Ranch has a state champ- has state finalist appearance. Cy Ranch is um, in a very stable position. Um, they are always going to get kids in, in Cy Fair ISD, which is always very talent-rich. They're always going to get theirs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In Cy Fair ISD. But this is a guy in Sean McAuliffe who sure seemed like he was handpicked for that job at Judson. And a guy that was brought in, it's so important for that Judson. There's, there's schools in the state where you want to have a guy from there mm-hmm. be the coach. And Sean mm-hmm. McAuliffe seemed like a perfect fit. The, the, he ends up leaving to go over to Cy Ranch. Uh, Rodney Williams, the office coordinator, is going to be the interim coach for 2019. Do you have any idea what's going on at Judson? Because something seems off to me. It's, it, the whole whole situation, I mean, looking at... Judson last year, you know that game against Lake Travis. Talking to folks that were there, you know they felt like Judson losing that game really underachieved last year, mm-hmm. and they've kind of underachieved the last couple of years. If you if you really look, I mean, yeah, Julian Williams got hurt; he wasn't one hundred percent. But I mean, Judson from from that perspective has underachieved. I do think there was some uh, chirping going on from the uh, boosters and some of the fan base. 
you know, about the underachieving and, and not happy with um, the way the team looked, number of penalties, discipline, that kind of thing. So I do think there were, there was some rumbling there. I don't think McCall's job was in danger last year, but I do think if they may, may have may have had a bad year this year, he may have been in trouble. You think so, you're just tired of it? Yeah, I, and, you know, I think Cy Ranch, it's just a change, change of scenery. Sometimes it's good for everybody. Um, the interesting thing to me was they never even opened the job up. They just decided they were going to go with an interim for 2019. Um, it's great for Rodney Williams to get a shot to mm-hmm. be the head coach, but he, you know, it's not really a vote of confidence right now. I mean, it's no. like we're gonna. It's it's more like uh, let's see how this goes. And yeah. So you know, there's a lot of pressure on him now I because know. he's he's literally coaching for his job. Well, and I also wonder because obviously Judson's such a such a a, a, a talent like a. a Proud program. One of the pro- we just talked about how they have the the longest yeah. streak winning streak of, in the winning, state. Yeah, what not longest streak of winning seasons yeah. in the state. And part of this is because I was just at the THSCA um, doing interviews for the Hall of Honor, and they and I talked with D.W. Rutledge in, in order. I talked with D.W. Rutledge. I talked with Jim Rackley, and I talked with uh, Frank Arnold. Right, so you're talking about the holy trinity of Judson coaches, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the three guys. But I also wonder if, because Texas high school football changes and evolves, and right now, I mean, Judson hasn't been back to a championship game since when? Two thousand and I can pull this up. They went to the semi. I watched them in the semis against North Shore in 2015. Right. But it's been much longer. I mean, it's been... The last time Judson was in a title game was... So they were in 07. Okay, so it's been 12 years. Who beat him? Was it the Trinity game? That was the Trinity. That was 13. I was at, so I was at the last Judson State title game. They played Trinity at the, at the Palace in Round Rock. 07, they were there in 05. I mean, then, of course, there was that run. 02, they won the title over Midland, that incredible game. Uh, Judson uh, lost to Duncanville in 98. Uh, you know, they had that run in the 90s under DW. I wonder... If things have changed so much, especially at 6A Division One, where right now, because Houston is so dominant, and because you have these other schools, specifically like Travis, who gets lumped into Region 4, I wonder if, like, it's just a much, much, much tougher job than yeah, it was. It's a different that, landscape. That's right. That's to take nothing away from the outstanding coaches who coached there at, a, at, at Judson because they were incredible coaches. But right now, the, you're right. The landscape has changed so much, and but at the same time, that doesn't mean that you lost the you know that, that doesn't mean that you don't have the tradition, and that doesn't mean that the fans have any lighter expectations than no, what you've always no. achieved. I mean, Region Four when Judson was rolling, Region Four was literally San Antonio. Corpus Christi, because you know back back then, Corpus had basically their own. Well, at the time, five A that was the largest classification. Corpus had their own five A. So you, you had San Antonio, Corpus, and then the Valley of Laredo. So, and you can basically, I mean, if you're Judson, where you're a, you know, you're a top. 10, let's let's say Judson's a top ten program still, right? The problem is that right now, if you're like back then, if you're a top ten program, you can walk to you, you're walking to a semifinal. And yeah. then you get a you you play a good, a good Houston team, but usually you're going to beat them and get to a title game. Yeah. Now you're in a region with another team in, in Lake Travis. Yeah, with Austin. Bas- basically Region Four swapped out Corpus Christi. As Corpus Christi doesn't have six A anymore. Mm-hmm. You swapped out Corpus for Austin, and that's good Austin, a lot better, it's a yes. lot tougher, the best Austin teams. Yeah, and then by the way, you get to a semifinal and you are running into 
legitimately either the first or second best team in the, in the state. Because Houston, yeah. it's always going to come out of Houston. The first, whether it's North Shore, whether it's Katie, whether it's whoever, it's going to be one of the best teams in the state. And I just wonder if the landscape has changed so much that the attitude there at Judson hasn't caught up with it yet. Yeah, the landscape's changed. I don't think Judson has, for lack of a better term, from a program adjusted with it. Mm-hmm. I think they're kind of still the same Judson they were in the nineties. Well. You know, it's in a it's, lot of ways. It is well, and we talk about it with like the West Texas teams, right? We haven't had a West Texas team play for a title since Abilene did in, in two thousand nine. Like it just doesn't happen yeah. anymore. It's because the landscape has shifted to become a lot more metro oriented, and specifically DFW, Houston, and then there's probably a couple big teams in 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 Austin, and there's a maybe there's a team, you know, and God forbid you have a team like Longview, yeah. you know, from a from a non metro adds to it, right? That's I don't know. I've been thinking about that job a lot. I've been thinking about the the Judson situation because you you know my whole take on Texas high school football kind of writ large is it's really important for programs to know who they are. And I just wonder if the landscape has shifted and I wonder if Judson doesn't quite know who they are. Trying to find themselves, right. yeah. That's it. Anyway, that's coaching change talk um, here on Tup and Step. That's just a, a little little rant there. Um, all right, let's get into um, some seven on seven talk because you right. are a seven on seven fiend. We are we have our hotels booked Boom. for the uh, state con- seven on seven tournament. Very convenient. I heard this year in College Station, and we yeah. will have golf carts. Oh, very excited. Um, I, think, I think we're because you're you got you, you have uh, something you have to do. So I think we're sharing a golf cart the first day. Yes, again. you and I are riding shotgun with one that another. That was fun last year. I was. It was great. We were. It was. That was. It was very. That fun. was really your first real. Yes, to be there. It was yeah. the first time I'd ever been. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's a hot, lot. But I'm, it's a lot of fun. I'm. I'm sold. Like I was always. You and I have had this conversation many times. I was always very oh, okay. Fine. Uh, okay. Well, well, seven on seven. I guess it matters. But then I went there. And I'm like, no, this event's great. And especially uh, from from my perspective, where you get the coaches are all there and they can't do anything, so they're not no, busy. They're hanging out with us, so we can hang out with them. It was a lot. There was, was a lot, lot of BSing going on at the state. There's a lot. There's especially a, when coaches the between games. Oh yeah, it's it's a lot of. But it's it's also fun to watch the coaches how, how excited they get because they can't coach, but they're still that's still. Yeah, 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 that kind of thing. So it's a great event. It's going to be even better this year. Um, if you're not planning on being at State 7 on 7, make it down for a day, um, especially if you're a DCTF insider. We mm-hmm. might have some cool things for you. Yes. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're, we're, Come we're say hi to us. Max loves surprise hugs. Max and Ish Max and both Ish. love surprise hugs. But the uh, the state the state qualifying tournaments are going on right now. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's SQT season. It is. Um, and lots so of them tomorrow. I want to go. I want to go back to um, kind of your your first uh, the the first couple of weeks. So we're about to enter week three of SQTs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which teams have you spotted out there uh, that have uh, that have caught your eye? And it's it's kind of it's kind of odd to be to be clear and kind of set the stage. The first couple of weeks are tough yeah. because of track. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the first tournament I went to a couple weeks ago was uh, the Frisco tournament, Division One, big schools. Um, Bridgeland, I think, is going to be a lot better. They've really? Got a couple of good receivers. Two guys have got D one offers. I think I think Bridgeland's going to be a team that that I think could could conceivably compete for a playoff spot this year. Mm. You know, I, I think I don't think fourth place is an unrealistic expectation for them as all. Uh, they qualified. They did, they look great. Uh, did a good job. Um, Lone Star. You know. 
they've got a question mark quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, at least in the first tournament I saw, both quarterbacks look great. Really? They both look good. I, I think they've got a real quarterback battle on their hands. And I'm sure a lot of that was flushed out during uh, spring football as well. Um, but both quarterbacks that played in the 7-on-7 seven seven, uh, in Frisco looked very good. Keep an eye on the Frisco Raccoons. Mm. This is a wonderful group of skill Like They they have a legit group of skill kids this year. Man, um, that's weird for a team they that, look good. that runs the, 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 the wing team. Wing tee. Now, yeah. the, and talking to Coach, Coach Harbert, they are going to, they're still going to be based wing T, but they are going to open it up a little bit to take advantage of some of that skill talent that they have. So I thought they looked good. Um, I think Hebron, we obviously think Hebron yes. on paper looks great. Hebron looked really good. Um, you know, and then I was, you know, Prosper was a pleasant surprise. They, they graduated pretty heavy and they still looked um, like a team that was going to be p- pretty solid as well. So those were, you know, some, a few of the teams that I saw. You know, I got to look at Arlington Lamar a little bit. They were missing some guys with track. They still have Jack Dawson, mm-hmm. the quarterback. So, um, they qualified for every state seven on seven tournament. I'm pretty sure they're going to make it again this year. I so. have a feeling they'll find a way in. Uh, then last week, um, I was down in Lorena mm-hmm. for a Division two qualifier. Got a chance to uh, see uh, China Spring qualify. They beat beat uh, Lorena in the in the in the championship game to get the the one spot in that eight team tournament. And uh, China Spring was definitely young last year. Second year into Brian Bell, they're going to be a lot better. Uh, McGregor's got a really good group of skill kids for co- for new head coach Mike Shields. Um, do ha- talking to folks though, they have they've got some concerns up front how they're gonna, how that's going to transition to uh, their play in the trenches. And then like like I've said, like a La Vega, you know, they played they, they, they were doing something interesting though. You know, Landry Kinney moved in mid season last year from Denton High mm-hmm. and was eligible and played spent most of the, most of the year in the secondary playing safety for the Pirates. Um, he played quarterback at Denton High. Well, LaVega was playing both him and Eric, I think it's Rawls, mm-hmm. uh, at quarterback. And uh, Kenny was playing the first half, and then Rawls was playing safety. And in the second half, Rawls would play quarterback, Kenny would play safety. Um, so hmm. LaVega looked very good. They they lost one game. They lost to Lorena by a point in overtime and didn't get out of pool play, despite missing several kids who were down at the state track meet. Um, which they won. Yeah, which they won. So <laughs> those guys will be back this week as they play down in Gatesville. Mm-hmm. So I do think um, we will see LaVega back at St- – and John Hyde, you know, LaVega's never done 7-on-7 seven seven before, and, and Don Hyde um, very much is, is a proponent of playing 7-on-7. Seven seven yeah, I think when you talk with – when you Willie Williams didn't seem particularly – he was like, nah. why, would I, why would I want to do this? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, no, that, that, that's interesting. And, and uh, the next time we do one of these Tep and Step podcasts, it'll probably be our state 7-on-7 seven seven preview. Yes. So, yeah, because at be, that point – it'll, it'll be, be – we do it about a month. That would be – yeah, it'll be middle of June. Yeah, yeah, be, yeah so we're – the last qualifying tournament is on Friday, June twenty first. So mm-hmm. we would well, leave for College Station on when that the, Wednesday. When do the pools come out for the for the state? Usually on that Sunday. So maybe like Beautiful. on that Monday. Yeah, that Monday, we that Monday before we leave for state, That'd we can good. do it. Um, so this week uh, is the first full week of qualifying. Mm-hmm. So we've had a couple of little entree, you know, a little appetizers to the full full slate of things. But uh, this week we've got um, tournaments at Grapevine, Richmond Foster, and Lake Travis. So there'll be seven Division One spots settled because Grapevine's going to take three. It's a 2014 tournament in Grapevine, um, and then uh, Who's in this Grapevine tournament. I'm gonna. Well, look at yeah, this. You, got, uh, you got some out of area teams too. They do have a little bit of time this weekend. So Grapevine. The only problem this weekend that's really concerning me is the rain. I talked to Coach yeah, Mike Alex. Right. I talked to Mike Alexander. They've got a rain plan in place. They're shortening the games. They're going to move to the indoor facilities as needed. So because 
they do have great vine and Caldwell. They'll both have indoor facilities. Yeah, good teams here too. Yeah, really good, interesting teams. A good, a good crop. Ooh, good crop Arlington's going to be there. I want to see Jari Rogers. Yeah, it's going to be a good crop of, te- crop of teams. Yeah. Ooh, Midland um, Lee's coming in. Yeah, Midland Lee and Colleen Ellison are coming into town for that. I wonder if Coach Harmon will be there. So it, it'll be a good tournament. And then in Division Two, we've got um, I think nine spots, is, if memory serves. Um, Gatesville, Graham, and Fredericksburg are taking two qualifiers from those mm-hmm. tournaments. And then we have Paris, Columbia, West Columbia, and Hitchcock, which are taking one qualifier. Mm-hmm. So nine spots. So um, then next week we'll have the, our first Division Three tournaments of the year um, getting started on Memorial Day weekend. So Exciting. Yeah, I'll be at Grapevine uh, on Saturday at uh, that, that qualifier. Um, then it's my schedule for the rest of the summer. Um, May 25th I will be at LD Bell in the afternoon. My daughter graduates from high school on May 25th. Um, but her her graduation is at eight a.m. <laughs> so uh, after the, after graduation and taking her out to lunch is done, um, she's probably not going to want want to have anything to do with me. She'll want to hang out with her friends. So I'll go out to the LD Bell SQT for the end of that, and then uh, you going on the first somewhere? Yeah. So June first, I'm still debating. It's either Brock or Midlothian Heritage. I'm leaning towards Midlothian Heritage at the moment. I could maybe be convinced to come with you because that'll be the day after magazine season. Magazine goes to press. I'll probably take Tep Wife out to dinner Friday night, yeah. but then I wonder Fun if I could get like a like a afternoon hall pass to yeah, go. Maybe we'll see. Or a morning, yeah. even like morning hall pass to go down there and. Just- <clears throat> and then June seventh, I am going to. It's a Friday. I'll be going to Abilene mm-hmm. for that big school tournament. And then June 8th, I'll swing down to Brownwood. I'll spend the night out in Abilene and go to Brownwood on June 8th. Mm. And then June 15th, we'll have Tyler. Stanley's Barbecue is <sighs> – I'm waiting for you. And then uh, June 21st, that last Friday. Last chance. Friday afternoon, Rowlett. Last chance, SQT. I will be out at Rowlett for that one as well. Coach so. Stevens runs that, right? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. the big that's – that's his big home. home, cause home. Coach, for those who don't know, Doug Stevens is, is integrally – uh, involved with the state seven on seven head honcho. He's the head honcho, and so, so um, yes, that's his home. He gets to stay home. Very, very, very grateful to him and the organization for the access that they give us and the way they work. They work with us at the state tournament. Well, you know, I've mentioned it before, but the, the great thing about this thing is that they're there and they're thinking about football, but they're not busy, like actively busy. That we can talk with them, and that's when we get great insights. Oh, yeah. And and these coaches say, hey, you know what? Like the team, you got to worry about such and such because and and the, the times that you know. That, those are the best times to catch coaches because well, last year we just kind of rolled up on a couple of coaches and we had 10, 15 minute chats yeah. with them in the golf cart. You know, it was just great. Kind of rolling up. Yeah, they want to sit in the golf cart anyway. So yeah. uh, that's seven on seven talk. We will have, uh, of course, TexasFootball.com will have complete coverage of seven on seven over the uh, your little your little uh, your little uh, it's, appetizer. It's the chips and salsa to the great <laughs> the great Tex Mex meal you're to about the enchilada. To eat. Yeah, to the um, enchilada the to, to the order of brisket enchiladas yes. you're going to have to eat for the football season. Yeah, so this is this is your chips and salsa. Yep. Um, so we're excited about State Seven on Seven coming up. Okay, so finally, I want to close this out this episode of Tap and Step with a, a a discussion on a variety of different teams. So we are um, where, as I mentioned, we are laying out the 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. The Bible of Texas Football comes out. Uh, insiders will probably get it, I would say, third week in June. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyone else will probably get it like last week in June or early July. So if you're listening to this, you'll get it early because you are a smart person. Yes. Uh, but we're laying it out. And, and obviously, whenever you we start doing this magazine, we have a lot of conversations about football. And because we do the rankings, we're kind of debating things. Hey, who do you think is going to win this? What do you think about this team and stuff? stuff. 
And there's a few teams that I feel like we've spent a lot of time talking about that I'm not quite sure. I think that the, I think I'd classify them as polarizing. I think I'd classify them as teams that we think that some that, that I think there's a reasonable argument to be made that they're going to be really great, and there's a reasonable argu- reasonable argument to be made that they're not. And so I've got a few that I want to throw at you, and we can just right. debate these off the end. And I haven't told you these teams. Okay. Let's you start with maybe the team that is uh, uh, maybe the most polarizing team in this oh, team. Th- this, team prob- this is the team I'm thinking of. There's been almost fistfights that have started in the office over this team. Let's talk about Denton Geyer. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, let's start this off by saying that I, I've, I think John Walsh is a great coach, and I think, he, I think he's an elite coach, and... You can tell that because he's had elite teams. He's got a couple of state championships under his belt. He's a confident man. You have to be a confident man to wear that haircut. I love, I love Coach Walsh. <laughs> Great guy. This is a team that has all the hallmarks of a team that's going to make a deep run. 17 starters back. They got a quarterback back who was who got some really good run as a sophomore uh, that coaches just raves about. He's, he's a prospect. I mean, the... Colleges love him too. He's a major prospect. I mean, he won the state state and high jump this year. He's a super great athlete. Eli Stowers is his name. They got a great running back in Kadrick Cobbs, who's coming off of a, a very strong year last year. They got some defensive star st- stars like Grant Mahon, their defensive tackle. They've got some guys, right? They've got tradition. They've got bona fides. They've got everything you want. The one thing they don't have is a good history lately, because last year they go six and six. Uh, and they they start off dreadful. They go the first nine quarters without without uh, scoring. And I know if coach if coach uh, Walsh is listening, I know he loves when people bring that up. Um, they 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 end up doing that uh, doing that, but they go six and six. That's after a seven and four year, uh, in after a nine three year. If you're charting a trend, the trend is that they have won fewer games each of the last four years. Mm-hmm. I have no I have no idea what to do with them. Because on one hand, I do think that winning is contagious, and that you gotta like winning begets more winning, and they just haven't done the winning that, that they think. They, I also think they're in a tough and improving district. Yeah, they're with Southlake Carroll, they're with the Keller teams, they're with a Byron Nelson team. You need to keep an eye mm-hmm. on. They're in a tough district. Furthermore, they're in Region One. Yeah. They're in Region One, and by the way, you know they're going to go to the Division Two bracket, which you know is better than being in the Division One bracket. But you could very seriously see them matched up with a team like Hebron. Yeah, first round. Yeah, potentially first round. I mean, if things don't break right for them, I mean, I, I can't figure them out. And I've gone back and forth. I have simultaneously convinced myself that they are going to uh, win the state championship, and they're going to ballot the first. So, round. so here's my thing on Geyer. How much differently would we think about them if they had won that second round playoff game uh, against Lake Ridge? They lost in overtime mm-hmm. and got to the third round of the playoffs and finished seven and six. Would we think any differently of them? Because they'd be like, "Oh, they went to the third round." True. They're that they were really close. I think they figured it out late last year. They really struggled early. Well, and here's the interesting thing: but they also they would have these inexplainable dips. In, like they would they every, the last couple of years, Geyer's lost a game, and you're like, "What?" Yes. I think last year Fossil Ridge. Yeah, last, you're like, huh? They just lose these. They 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 got to cut those out next yes. year. So I think the the pieces are in place to have a really good year, and I think they can if it they can I think they can compete for the title in Region One Division Two if their the consistency has not been there, and maybe with Stowers having a second year at quarterback, um, Cobb's being a senior, hopefully being healthy. 
that consistency will get developed. But they, they've lacked it the past because the last two or three years they've had a couple of just mystifying losses. Um, the other thing about them is I do wonder if they may even still be a year away. Because Stowers is only junior. A lot of these guys, I think the coach is really high on his it's really good squad. junior class. Yeah, really yeah. good junior class. Mm-hmm. But you're right about the Mansfield Lake Ridge thing that they lose in overtime. And by the way, let's say they make the third round of the playoff. They see Amarillo Tuscosa there. There's a decent chance they beat Amarillo Tuscosa. I think they match, match up better. I, th- I think they matched up better with Tuscosa than Lake Ridge did. And then we're talking about they're in the quarter, in the regional final. In the regional final. Yeah. I mean, it's. They're playing Haltom. Yeah, they're playing Haltom. And, you know, Haltom was really good and Haltom was rolling, but at the same time. You'd throw, there's a huge pedigree disparity. Yeah, it it is interesting, and I, I thought I have thought so much about Geyer. They're maybe the most mystifying team in the state. I just can't I figure think it out. Le, we're going to know a lot about Geyer in Week One when they go to Alito. Yes, if and they, they don't have to win. They, they, if they can be because comp- they were not competitive. No, they with were. Alito they got their year. doors blown off last year. If they go to Alito and they're competitive with Alito, and it's a close, hard fought game, then it's like okay, they're they're for real. All right, let's talk about another team. Let's talk about Manville. Manville's another team that, for the second consecutive year, basically loses everybody. <laughs> like they, they really lose everybody. They got wiped. They have one starter back on offense. Uh, it's Jalen Paxson, who's a nice guy to have. But they they have one starter back on offense, five starters back on defense. Um, but at the same time, you get a third year under coach Kevin Hall, and I think that is helpful. Um. I think that, yeah, you're in the district with Fort Bend Marshall, but I think they're pretty comfortably... The, I would view them as the second-best team in that district. Yeah, they're second-best team. Um, I don't know. Manville, Manville's interesting, and I wonder if maybe a year removed from that spotlight... Let's remember, even in a quote-unquote down year last year, yeah, that Crosby... Uh, uh, you know, yeah, lost that game to Crosby. That Crosby loss didn't age well, No, but they were a 9-3 team. They won a playoff game. I don't know. Manville's a team that, that's really, really interesting to me. I th- I'm not high on Manville. I I think this year is going to be a a, a down year. I still I think eight and four type year. I think Manville. Now I've been ta- talk talk to folks around the program a couple years from now they'll be they they should trend that things are going to kind of stabilize and they'll be good again. But I, I think this year one thing that that I've noticed at least this year Manville's not playing much seven on seven this year and they have been a big seven on seven team and I wonder if that's a, a product of them. Not feeling great about about their kids, mm-hmm. and they don't want to overexpose them early. Mm-hmm. So just kind of keep an eye on that thing. I, I think Manville's going to going to struggle this year. Uh, that's 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 uh, my take. Okay. We'll see. Let's talk about another traditional power team that's no stranger to the state championship stage. Let's talk about Gilmer. Gilmer had a weird year last year. They did a bizarre, and I would yeah. say very out of character year uh, for the Buckeyes last year. Uh, they end up going six and seven. I believe was, was the final. Yeah, the final record. The regular season, uh, were they five and? F- uh, they were four and six. They went. Well, they finished fourth in district. Yeah, they went one fourth. and three. Like they had to beat Spring Hill to get into yeah. the playoffs. Four and six in the regular season. Uh, but a lot they go coming and beat, back. Unbeat, then, then, they, four and six. Gilmer beats ten and zero. Sunnyvale in the first Correct. round of the playoffs. Of course they do. On one hand, again, a ton coming back. A ton. Uh, they love their. They love what they they have up front. They have. Devin King, their 330-pound lineman, which you don't have in 4A, plus another 300-pounder in Blake Olivares. I think they're going to run the ball pretty well with Daryl Bush. They got another Flew Allen kid. They got playmakers. Malik Williams is a really good playmaker on defense. Um, But they are in an absolutely brutal district, and they are in an absolutely, and I think potentially, devastating region this year. And so Gilmer... 
is a is a squad that I just can't get a real like I can convince myself that this is the year they have a breakout year and I can convince myself that they're going to finish fourth in district again I I, I think I'm, I'm going to go for the latter versus the former I think Gilmer is going to be I, I think they're a solid second place finisher in that district mm-hmm. next, this year Pittsburgh loses a lot I think this is Gilmer Gilmer brings back a lot I think Gilmer turns it back around I think they um you know I see like a seven and three eight and two season for mm-hmm. them okay. and then I see them Going to the fourth round of the playoffs, I just don't. I don't see him beating Pleasant Grove. I think Pleasant Grove is head and shoulders the favorite in that region. Yeah, I think they're the favorite. I think we could they, see, they, they could arguably be head and shoulders the favorite in that yeah. in the state. I could see a Gilmer Pleasant Grove rematch in the uh, regional, in regional final. Probably, although Waco Conley lurks, and I I know I keep banging on about them, but them. I know Lorena loses a fair amount of key playmakers, but Lorena is going to be really good. I think. Um, I don't know. Liberty Island, new Liber- coach. Liberty Island, new, new coach. It's the best. Let's put it this way. That's the best district in in that region oh, yeah. by far. Liberty Island, Pleasant Grove, and Gilmer for sure. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh still as well. in the exactly. mix. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now this is interesting because we, we've talked a lot about this. This is not a team. This is a whole division. Oh, boy. I have no idea. If they're – okay. I want to be clear. Please, but you, you've already bought the magazine, so thank you. Yes. When the magazine comes out, you're going to see our state championship predictions. Of those 10, of the 12 state championship predictions we make, of the 12 teams that start the year number one in their particular, that we have pegged as state champions, I would say I feel pretty confident in about three to four of them. Three to four of them. Um, that, that I would say, okay, there's one. Let me tell you one that I don't have any idea on. <laughs> I don't have any idea what to make a three-A division two. None. None. And it's funny because go back to last year. Go back to this conversation last year. We said three division to Newton. State it's Newton next. Let's yep. go on. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. They're going to romp to a title. And they didn't romp to a title, but they won it. And they beat, in my opinion, the very, very clearly well, the second and best And looking team. back on it now, looking at what Newton, I mean, their coach literally was dying. Yes. I mean, and then they lose arguably their best player for off the field issues mm-hmm. in the fourth round of the playoffs. And it, but he'd be kind of been in and out all year. So they were dealing with a couple of interesting things throughout the year. Credit to Newton for still getting it done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Newton's still going to be in contention this year. But, yeah, I've got no real good read. I mean, Canadian's Canadian, but they lose, they, they got to find a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, Childress loses quite a bit mm-hmm. from last year. Um, East Bernard. East Bernard. Always there, but what what yeah. are they – you know, it's it's – Always a new team for them, it seems like. Keep an eye on Dangerfield. Yep. I'm very high. And we haven't even talked about Gunner. Gunner? Uh, gu- yeah. Now, Gunner. Now, they lose Dylan Jantz. Yeah. And he was but the I dude. Gunner's still going to be really good. Yes. I think Dangerfield's a team to keep an eye on. Um, keep an eye on Aber- I think Abernathy with mm-hmm. Bryson Daly. You know, he's the kind of player that can carry a team on his back. So there's a lot of intrigue and mystery. I throw in Clifton, and, too. What about Cisco? That's I lost in the first round so of the playoffs last so year. Here is, that, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a great that's a segue to my next one, which is Cisco. Um, because on one hand, Cisco was an undefeated team in the regular season, and they looked like the chief competitor to Canadian in Region One, mm-hmm. like no doubt about it. Boy, oh man, I can't wait till till the regional final when we get Canadian versus Cisco. It's going to be great. Oh, what's that? Oh, Spearman. Yeah, fourth place Spearman's going to knock them off. And again, they bring back a fair number. First of all, I, they have an, a, one of the more underrated coaches in the state in Brent West. What he does at Cisco every year is really impressive. They've got a lot of guys that feel really good about in that in that I formation. Stanley Callahan, Cam, uh, Cam Nichols, Kobe Cordero up front. 
They got a lot of guys. The defense has six starters back, but they have they have a nine and one JV team. Yeah. But what have you done for me lately? The last time we saw them, they were losing in the first round Spearman. to Spearman. And do they have a hangover effect? Is there right. a fog that hangs over? And does that does that hang on, on them a little bit? So, I, but there, it's, there's a lot of intrigue in three division two. I'm I'm really gonna be keeping an eye on, on kind of how things play out. Oh my gosh, I'm looking at Cisco's questionnaire. I'm gonna call Brent West. We asked him to predict their district's finish. Uh, who do you pick him? Guys, third? okay, let's 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 he, put it this way. pick him third. Let's, let's, we can certainly talk about whether or not. Uh, Cisco's going to win a state championship. That's certainly weird. They have to be, in my opinion, this is my thought, I think they have to be the favorite in that district. There are a couple other good teams in there. I like Anson. I think Ballinger's got a chance to make some noise. Merkel. Yeah. Merkel's got Jonah White. No, he's gone. Oh, no, they don't. He went to Baylor. Hmm. He's at Baylor. Well, never mind. They should, Cisco should... Should win that district. They should be the prohibited favorite to win the district. He has them third. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That is a sandbag. That's sandbagging. That sandbagging I'm calling right here. Yeah. Coach, expect a call from me, Coach West. Okay. Uh, we, know, t- we know you listen. Two more. Two more. Let's go to the Austin area. Okay. Why don't we make a Cedar Park? Because Cedar Park is another team that, again, uh, elite pedigree. Not, not good pedigree. Elite pedigree. But also a team that I think underachieved last year. Or maybe they achieved what they should have. They had a down year last year. Um, they are in, you know, the the record speaks for itself. Carl Absex, since he took over, is forty seven and seven. They've been great, not bad. But eight and four is not up to their standards. And by the way, they lose a fair amount of key pieces from that defense. Cole Holland's gone. Jackson Rogers is gone. Jacob Munoz is gone. Josiah Whittington's gone. They bring back a quarterback, which for all the things we've known for Cedar Park. Quarterbacks have not always been that. It's usually been that that that. Um, yeah, Max Sexton, and that's, yeah, that's that kind of the, that's it. been their guy. But the defense. So this is this is Ryder Hernandez. This is the quarterback. He was great yeah, last year. Started ten games for them. They'll always have a pretty good defense. Mm-hmm. Black rain. That black rain defense. But I don't know. They hired and our boy Coach Rowe too. I also think. I also think that they play in the toughest region in that class. Yeah, when you talk about Division One, Region Three, you talk about. Shadow Creek. You talk about Richmond Foster. You talk about Angleton. God forbid Hutto makes a comeback even without Chase Griffin. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a really tough region. And so I have no idea. Memorial, New Caney. Yes. A lot of good teams. Yeah. I think that I think they've got a chance to get back, but I just don't know about them. They're they're a team that that, that really fascinates me. And again, a very high variance team. I think Tough that's on district schedule yes. too. Oh my gosh! If they could absolutely start like oh, they play pull. like San Angelo and Katie Cinco Ranch. Let me I see. What so. I, let me. I'm gonna pull up their schedule. Odd there. schedule there. Let me see. Cedar Park. Where are you guys playing? Cedar Park opens. First of all, they they scrimmage Westlake, which don't do that. Okay, they play Vandegrift. They play Cedar Ridge. They play. San Angelo Central in San Angelo, and they play Katie Cinco Ranch in non-district. That's before you get into, oh boy, back-to-back weeks they play uh, Georgetown and Hutto. That's I mean that's the, the whole yeah. district right there. That's the whole shebang. They're, they're, that, that, they can survive that that which is kind of what happened last year. They yeah. got beat up last year. They, they can survive that early stretch. They'll, they'll have a chance to make some noise. Finally, I want to close this out with another team that uh, has I've been thinking about a, not, a lot. I think because they do have such an odd record from last year, and it's the Albany Lions. Um, now, you you doubt Denny Faith at your own peril. Yeah, uh, this is a guy who has been around the block so much that they named the block after him. Um, 
this is a one of the, again one of the very best coaches in the state who's been doing it a long, long time. He's going to have his 300th win this year, uh, barring he's at 299. So he better get 200. Yeah, I, <laughs> coach, I got to be honest. Yeah. If you're listening and you don't get 300 this year, something's gone terribly wrong. But has, question: Has Denny Faith ever heard of of Tep and Step? Zero percent chance. <laughs> Zero percent chance. But. And they've got some playmakers coming back. I, I like what they have come back. They have seven starters back on defense. But it's from a team that... And by the way, they're JV went 9-0. But they're they, coming off of a, a team that started off 0-5. Brutal schedule. Their quarterback's back too, I think. Uh, ben West. The, they lose a lot of the skill kids. Yes. So that it's going to be... you know The defense is going to be intact and the quarterback's back. I, I They went 0-5 last year and then won, I think... Nine, nine in a row, and then lost in Groover. When do they play Hamlin? That. Like week, nine, week 10 or 11. It was late. That, oh, come on, coach. You got to turn your schedule. Let me so, see. Hamlin. They play. Whoa. Week 11. Yeah, and it was Hamlin. late. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's when one of those. I, I don't. Move that to Saturday. It'll come out. Right? Yeah. Play on Saturday. <laughs> Please. In week 11 before week 11. the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fine. Actually, play Thursday. You know what? Play Thursday. Play Thursday. I'll come out. You know, at, Albany and Hamlin's is it is where is it at this year? Is it in at Hamlin? Hamlin's not that far. Not that far. I mean, it's just like going to Apple. That's what I'm saying. So, I'll come. You went to New Braunfels on a Thursday before. I went to New Braunfels on much to the chagrin of Max Thompson. Yes. So, um Albany's Albany's interesting because again, yeah. look, now they don't have their schedule up right now, but I imagine it's it's the flip of what they did last year. And so they, they I are, don't think they're playing Bullard Bru- Bullard Brookhill this year. Probably not. Uh, now, Bullard Burke Hill is a very. Uh, I want to be clear. That's a very. That's a private yeah. school, but it's a very good private school. It's a consistent private school. So they, they, Last they just, year they started off. They lost. They lost a game. They probably shouldn't. Well, Colorado City. They lost Colorado City. Lost to Dublin. Both of those are win- winnable games. Those are winnable games. Lost to Eastland. That might be tough. Eastland's gonna be pretty good. They lost to Hawley and lost to Bullard Brook Hill. Yeah. So it's a tough non-district, but at the same time. 0-5 was not – I think that was below their standard. I, I see Albany going 3-2. and two. I'm going to call 3-2 and two in non-district. Mm-hmm. I think they win. The, I think they go 8-2. and two. I think they're probably the favorite in the region again. We might see close. them play Hamlin again in the second – the, I yeah. can see a Hamlin-Albany rematch in the regional final. Boy, that would be a shot. Well, that would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. Now, that could be a Thursday game. Um, but that is – to me, I think you're right because you look at that region 3, especially – region 2, rather – Especially if Wellington with a new coach is, yeah, we is, expect Wellington to be a little down. They yeah, graduated. They so lost heavy. a lot. They lost a lot. So. They lost a ton, and they only have seven starters back. You know, so. I, I think Hamlin and Albany could be considered one and two in that region. I think that's. I think that's fair to say. Um, you know, Wellington's going to be good, and and I think that maybe a team like Santo Santo brings back a ton from last year's yeah. really good ten win team. So I don't know, but I, I do think that those are teams that I've kind of had on my mind as we're putting together this 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Um, do you have anything else? No. Uh, like I said, it's uh, we're going to talk about it. We'll save state championship predictions for for before next. The I think starts. I think that'll probably be so that'll be like a nice July edition. Yeah. So so the, let's give the listeners the uh, schedule for the because we're 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 running into the summer now. I mean, magazines two weeks away from going to press. So like you said, we are going to record our next podcast Enjoy right before time. state. Yeah. That probably that Monday of state seven on seven week. And then we'll go to College Station. We'll, we'll be out of the SQTs all, all June. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have, uh, in July, uh, we'll take some time off early in July, probably. But mm-hmm. I think coaching school, we'll probably... Oh, we'll be a coach. We'll hook up before coaching school. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll do, do one, one in July. coaching school. What I'd love to do, and this is just an idea as I produce on the fly here, live on the air. Um, 
I'd love to do a thing where, and I don't know if Max can make it happen, because all those coaches are in the same place, I'd love to just have like a coaches roundtable and get like three or four of the coaches we really like and who are just great personalities and just shoot the breeze about stuff. Like, stuff. I think Almost that, like our refs roundtable. Yeah, like I think that would be like, what are the challenges? Like, what are the things people don't realize about your job? I think that could be a lot of fun. That's a good idea. I know. And we can I make it. We could we, we get four coaches. Absolutely. Or you can yeah. get them from different parts of the state, too. And yeah. I don't know. I think there's a lot of fun because a coaching school, a THSCA, we always get. We always have great interviews with coaches who stop by the booth. We had, Max is going to tell us fewer interviews this year. We had way too many last year. 50 last year. Yeah. We're not probably not doing 50. We'll probably do 40. Yeah. Um, but that to me, that is a lot of fun. And that's, with all those coaches in the same place, buy them beer. <laughs> it's just like, you know what I mean? Like we, I can get, You can get Texas high school ball coaches to do anything if you say, hey, we're going to have a couple six-packs. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Now I get a microphone? All right, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an idea. I'm going to run that by Max. Oh, I like that idea. That's a good idea. Right. Okay, that's going to do it for us. Going on. It's, it's, it's the summer, but we're busy. It's, there's uh, a lot going on for us. There, there's a lot going on. I will take a little bit of a moment after the magazine's done because I am extremely tired. But. Yeah, so see, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think we're going to see you in Midlothian. Maybe not. I think you're going to take a day. That, that's, that's your movie. That, that's your day. You go to the movies. That's Monday. I take the Monday. off. Oh, you take the Monday. I take off, the Monday off. And you go I, the, to a, the day after you go to we a day, send a press. A movie during the day. We always go to press on a Friday. I always take the Monday off, and I go to I go. So you take I'm, tep wife out to dinner on Friday night. I take tep wife out to dinner. Get a babysitter. I have the weekend. Uh, my mom's going to come over and okay. babysit Hank, and then we are going to. Uh, and then I take Monday off. I'm going to go get a haircut. Get a haircut, and then I'm going to go to a movie by myself, yeah. and then I'm going to like relax and maybe like read. I don't and know. It'll be Tuesday, great. You'll come back Tuesday, to work. I'll come back to work. Come back, and, come back to work and come in. And then Wednesday, I'll tell you this, uh, as you're a premium subscriber, mark your calendar, Wednesday, June 3rd, or Ju- Wednesday, June 5th, cover reveal. How about that? Nice. That, that's a tease for now the first. that, and that is a tease. I saw both covers today. You did. And I can't believe that we put Oklahoma on the cover this year. It's it's bold. It's super bold. But it's Jalen Hurts. I mean, yeah. you got if you got an opportunity, Texas kid. Play, it's right? Texas kid. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, and thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. We, we love, love you very much. And again, please go tell one of your friends. Yep. One friend. That, that's, that, that's our ask for you, one friend. Uh, well, go tell one friend to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. So, uh, Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you for having me. See you next month. Tap and Step.